0: Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen.
1: Put on that lily white and run and on to that green.
0: White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's at its loud and nights. we fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, on Tottenham, it in the, the oh, come on don't yeah. so bloody, slow you, are you the it? Hi, right,
2: it's episode 20, season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast, my name's Jav, joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Good afternoon. And Ian Morton from Galway. Hi guys. Right, um, not so long ago there was talk of a Wembley curse and then... Shortly after the talk of a Wembley curse, there was talk of us not being able to t- beat teams who parked the bus at Wembley. Um, David, what what Wembley curse?
3: <laughs> yeah, they're not talking about it anymore, are they? Uh, no Wembley curse now, certainly not. Um, and that bodes really well, doesn't it, for uh, next season, moving into the new stadium. Um, so I don't I don't see us having any problems doing that. So no curse for me. No,
2: absolutely. I mean, but b- before we 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 talk about the game um right. uh, looking at our looking at our um results this season at Wembley we've only lost one match against chelsea right at the, right at the outset so that that's not too too bad we've drawn four, four matches in total um that's two more than we drew last year now if you compare that to other seasons aside from last season and last season was the exception our home record's generally been pretty good that's not a not not bad, and if you, if you consider the last few games, four um, nil yesterday, five two against um, Southampton, five one against Stoke. Um, I can't remember if it was two nil or three nil against Brighton. It might have been two. You know, we two 0 two nil. Yeah, we, we, look, yep. we look we look pretty solid. Um, David, you 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 and I were at the game yesterday, um, taking our seats in Club Wembley and getting through hot chocolate and flake and whatnot um <laughs> <laughs> what um let's let's talk about about the about the game and 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 the goals um we, uh, that early goal very uh, whatever it was 20 25 minutes i think or something yeah like that. it wasn't yeah.
3: that early but yeah yeah it's about 25 minutes that think, to, that, that minutes. made a difference tremendously tremendously i mean this is what it's all about but i don't accept that they particularly parked the bus um, I, my personal opinion is that they, we pressure teams back, and with Everton they got pressed back. I don't think they intended to park, park a bus particularly. I mean they were always going to defend. They always knew that, but they certainly came out and tried. Even though um, Larice didn't have a shot to, to save to speak about, uh, but we do pressure teams into that. We did break them down yesterday after 26 minutes. It was feeling a little frustrating, just a little bit. And you just had that feeling, oh, is it going to be another one of those days where we don't. But once that happened, then the floodgates really opened. Certainly the second goal, the one we didn't see.
2: Yeah, um, we, um, hmm, yeah. We, we, we were in the concourse and we were, still, um, should we say, just talking and it just sort of happened it was fair, we weren't quite ready to to get back back into our seats but obviously we've seen it since Um, (laughs) Ian um, Moussa Dembele, was he our best player on the pitch yesterday?
1: Oh he was unreal, he was superb yesterday Uh, I would have had Son as my man of the match for the way he played but Dembele was top form yesterday at his best we had a couple just of... moving the ball around getting it forward he was unreal but he sort of he
2: he rolled back the years almost um you know yeah. there's been a, there's been a lot of talk the last last few weeks last few months um you know um on on other podcasts on this podcast i've i've said it as I've, I've said it on social media that um, perhaps he's finished he can't play a full 90 he can't play lots of games he looks a little bit off the pace. He's a fading force, but yesterday he was superb. We had, he was, yeah. we had a question from um, Lee Marston um, on Twitter, Twitter analyst at LeeMarston81. After today's brilliant performance, has Dembele proved he's still on top? And Richard Healy says, um, just adds, was that performance um, f- uh, from Moussa Dembele back to its best?
1: Yeah, that's it's hard to know whether you can count on him to be consistently there over the whole season to play like that consistently. Um, he's thirty years of age now. So and he's had his problems with injuries as well. But he was he was superb yesterday and he will have more games like that. But uh looking to the future I think Harry Winks is the man that's gonna to have to take up his mantle there in the middle of the pitch. He needs to be looking, he needs to be watching Dembele very closely well, for me, he wants to turn into that kind of player.
2: Yeah, for for me what Dembele does, he's the one that makes us ticks, tick. Everybody can, you know, we can talk about Kane's goals, we can talk about Sonny's goals and his pace, we can talk about Delhi popping up, ghosting in and getting goals, we can talk about Eriksen as, as a playmaker. Um, but ultimately i think it starts with 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 Moussa. okay you've got the players at the back and then bringing the ball forward the tongans particularly good at that um
1: aldavero the link he's
2: he's the link and he's the one who can take players on commit players draw other players out, out of position and then lay it onto somebody like erikson who can then at that point the pitch is opened up and, and um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and he can get others in. And, and I think Dan is very good at doing that. Um, follow up from Richard Healy um, in, in relation to that um, centre of the park. He says, Where do you see Eric Dyer playing most of this season? Not sure yesterday was his strongest performance. Did it look any better in the stadium,
3: David? Uh, no, it didn't look any better in the stadium based on that comment um, he had a, what I called a quiet game um, he's not been the force that he was last season that's for sure uh, and maybe disrupting him by keep putting him in the back line hasn't helped but um, he's a solid part of our team I, I, I won't take too much it's one game um, Didn't look, and, and Dembele outshone him so that didn't help did it Dembele was, was brilliant yesterday there's no doubt but um, as you said Ian um, Son was definitely man of match
2: where do you both see him going going forward given that we've now got Wanyama coming back, obviously he still needs a few more games under his belt, let's assume Dembele can um, play a more prominent role in the second half of the season obviously we've got Winks injured, he'll come back at some point where do you see Dyer? and then obviously Aldaverel's coming back in the back line do, do you yeah. see see him playing as a centre-back do you see him playing in the centre of mid- midfield or, or do you see that he will be warming the bench with others ahead of him.
3: Uh, All of those things. Yeah. I read from
1: reading um, Pochettino's book, he sees him as a centre-back in the future. And Dyer sees himself as a midfielder. Yeah. So it's going to be somewhere in the middle of a compromise, I imagine, between them two. He's not... I would have said a few months ago that he'd get in the team ahead of Sanchez and he would have made up a back three with Alderweireld and Vertonghen. But I think Sanchez is, is pretty decent. I don't think there should be any reason why he should be put out of a team yet. So I can see him being rotated that way or with Wanyama as well.
3: Yeah, One or he, the other. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's in a, it's the best world at per. World, we would say, well, we're best 11 is always going to be available, but of course, they're not. But I see Dyer's place in midfield mm-hmm. definitely, he's a better midfielder than he is defender. Um, I, I as, a, as a defender, I see him just mid range premiership that's all, nothing special. But as a midfielder and a, and a sitting in front of the back line, and his distribution is really good, uh, that's where I see his best place. Um, yeah. and as you say, Deb is 30, so. With the problem with me with Dembele, uh, uh, he's a big lad, uh, you know, the size of his thighs and calves, they're very big, and it reminds me of a saying that Harry Carpenter said about Frank Bruno. Frank Bruno is a big, powerful lad, packed one of the biggest punches, but after a little while, he would get tired because he was carrying his own weight uh, in muscle, and that's what um, Dembele looks like to me, that... I think he will get substituted an awful lot. He will only see 70, 80 minutes at best, and then he'll come off um, and we'll put someone else freshen it up just to hold it, and I'm hoping Harry Winks will be that lad when he comes back to fitness. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, he, he, he does seem to tire for me, Dembele. It doesn't his age, but he's just literally, I think he has to carry quite a lot of muscle. Weight.
2: Yeah, I think you know time doesn't stop for no man, and, and he's had a few injuries, and, and that's a good point about... Just his, his physique and and, and the way as you say the way he he, he carries. Um, I think it's been a lot. It's been a lot of stop start with with Dembele coming in and out of the team, and some of that's to do with with injuries, and that never helps players. And I think at the moment, though, the last few weeks he's. Been getting a lot lot more run ins. He's had a few games where he's finished the 90. I know he didn't play the full full ninety yesterday, but to be honest, I didn't I didn't expect him to play the full ninety the way he, as you say, exerted himself um over the course of that match. But if if he's able to if Pochettino is able to manage him and use him accordingly, and we can get the best out of him, you're absolutely right, right, David. There will be times where games where he, he'll after 60 75 minutes whatever it might be he, he would have done the damage and we can bring on a Winx or even dare I say it, bring on an Eric Dyer just to, just to shore things up um, yeah but uh, uh, yeah it'd be interesting still nonetheless to see will his contract be extended because he, I think his contract runs out in 2019 um, he certainly I oh, was speaking private
3: I'm you know, I guess I'm certain they will. I am certain they will. I mean there's no way they want to sell him to Manchester United. There the boys that are after him. He suits uh, Mourinho's uh, palette, how he likes to see his players. Um, those stopping guys in front of a back line. Last thing we want to do is to improve, improve Manchester United. No, we'll give him another contract. I've uh, no doubt.
2: I think that at one point about Zembele and I was having a conversation with with a friend of mine and they said that his in his influence in the team can't be underestimated, and Pochettino likes players that 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 uh, you know whether it's Hugo or whether it's the Tongan or whether it's um, Kane or um, even someone like Lorente that that have a good influence in and around the dressing room. I think Pochettino likes those sorts of characters, and I think Dembélé is another one of those. So I think that could help him possibly. Um, Get 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 an extension. I'd, I'd never thought thought of it in in those terms. I sort of assumed that maybe he wouldn't. But if he puts in performances like he does yesterday, then um that'll that'll do his calls quite. Um, I would. I would good.
1: assume that. I would assume that he'd be offered another year. Anyways, hmm. at least it's it's normally that once you get to that age, there are year long contracts that are offered.
2: That's true. Yeah,
1: and. Yeah. I'd imagine like it's not going to cost too much if he's happy where he is. If we're happy to keep him, he's the ultimate professional by the looks of things. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't ever hear anything bad about him. Um, you know. So.
3: Did, did I make a mistake just now? Were you just talking about Dem? Was you think I was talking about Dembele just now? Yeah, you, you were talking oh, about I was about dying. Sorry, yeah, well, I, I was taking my concentration off because Arsenal have gone two one down. Yeah. Oh, excellent. <laughs> And I, I, I just went around. Sorry, I was talking about Dyer, Just so people wonder why I'm thinking Dembele is going to Manchester United. That wasn't the case. I was talking about Dyer, Sorry.
2: <laughs> we, well, we actually we were having a conversation about Dyer yesterday. You, you and I after the game. Um, yes. And whether he would perhaps be one that we would look to sell on at some point. Um, mm. Whether you know, whether he was a sort of player, a bit like Carl Walker, if we had to sell somebody. Um, would he be perhaps the least 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 ex- expendable? I think, for me, Dyer's versatility is his greatest strength. Yeah. Um, arguably it could be his, his Achilles heel. Just on where his favourite positions. And I, I spoke to so many different people about this, and and everybody has a, has a different opinion. I I disagree with you, David, and I think that I, I agree with Pochettino on this, and I think he's ultimately a centre back. I think that's where he'll end up. Um, and I think he'll end up. But I think he's better actually playing in a back three. Um, at the moment, though, I think playing in midfield, and particularly when, when we play with a back four, I think um, it's suited to him playing in midfield because he can drop back. Um, he did that a lot two seasons ago, and he can drop back into a three. Yeah. And 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 I think that that's good. And I think playing in midfield, yeah, it, it, it's if you say he's he's good on the ball.
3: Yeah. Would you compare him to to Wimmer? Yeah, when we had Wimmer. You wouldn't have trusted Wimmer to to pass the ball out from the backline. No. Now he was our sort of substitute backline player, but die what? you would. And he's a he's a great, as you say, great utility player. And you're right. I mean, he, in in a few years time, if he slows a little bit, that he might well decide to go back into the backline and, and talk to everybody from there.
2: I, I think. I, yeah, I think that, that certainly if he slows down, that that's naturally that's, that's where he would fall but I also think that he will learn more about the game playing in, in, in midfield and ultimately as he matures I think he will fall back into the into the back line I, and, I, and I think that, that's where his best position ultimately will be a bit like for example and Ian you, you'll know, know this um, an ex-Island international um, Paul McGrath who, who could play both in midfield and at the back um, yeah. there have been others um, Marcel Desai, um even our own ledley king as i recall played in both positions the yeah, yeah yeah um we, we obviously won that emphatically 4-0 but the fourth goal what a goal i mean what a team goal <laughs> yeah superb it was just if 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 that had been city who'd scored that goal people would be eulogizing about it for weeks um yet i don't think beyond our fan base our supporters i didn't hear a great deal of people on 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 the tv um going on about it i thought it was just a brilliant goal one touch
3: oh well i thought it was quite interesting it was every player touched it apparently really yeah i didn't
1: hear that yep
3: yeah, including Lloris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every player really touched like... it in the, in the build-up. No, neither did I. I'd have to look at it. I, I'll I'll play it again at this later stage and uh, and check out and see what happened. But yeah, they say yeah, every, yeah. every player player touched it, or at least once, anyway. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a tremendous goal. That it, was, it is.
1: It's, it's beautiful to watch. Like when when football flows like that, it's what's beautiful about it. Um, it's great to see us doing it we're well capable of it. Just a great
2: finish. Everything. Is it fair to say it's it's the goal of the season so far?
3: Probably our Mm. goal of the season, yeah. Of its type, yes. (laughs) Of its type. I mean, you, 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 you can't compare it to, say, Sons last week. West Ham, and he smacked that one in. And that's, uh, they're not comparable. You know, as much as that is a good strike, but as a team goal, which really epitomises where Spurs are. We are a team. When we look at Son or you look at Kane, Kane wouldn't be doing what he's doing uh, as, as well. I mean, he'd be scoring well, I'm sure, in any team, but he wouldn't be scoring quite as well as without the rest of the team around him. And and, and that goal epitomises where we are today. Um. John
2: Steggles, question from him um, on yesterday's game. He just said, How proper was Lennon's welcome back to Spurs? So um, it came on in the second half, and um, Ian, I'd be interested to know your comments on, on, on this, how, how it came across watching it on TV. But um, was the reception good? It was loud. It was and, loud. Yeah,
1: it was loud. It was, um, it was a nice moment. You know, it just—that's how it came across. That the whole stadium stood up to welcome on, welcome him onto the pitch. I was hoping that's what was going to happen. I assumed that's what was going to happen. It's very much uh, still in the hearts of all the Spurs fans, I think. And it came across really well on the television. It was noted by the commentators as well. Um, but yeah, it was. I think I thought it was a touching moment. To be honest, yeah.
2: I can't remember exactly the time frame but it must have been 12 months ago when it was announced that um he um he was having issues uh, mental mental health issues and and whatnot and for him to come through that um I assume he's come through that the other side um and back back playing for Everton is um is, is is amazing really and 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 just nice to see and yeah um, the, the reception within the stadium was, was very good, and I'm glad that came across
3: on TV. Yeah, yeah. go on, carry on, Dave. Yeah.
1: No, I was just saying it, it did. It certainly did come across on the television. It is. I just, I but like I'd like to echo what Jab said there as well. It's it's great to see him back playing, um, and getting minutes on the pitch, and just hopefully feeling better about himself
3: yeah it, it, it was just under a year ago uh, just the end of last season it was when he, he broke down but it, it was a lovely standing ovation for him we all stood up and applauded the lad I'm sure I, I, just, I was just hoping it wasn't going to even too much of a boost <laughs> 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 he ran, running down the other end and scoring <laughs> um,
2: question from Rob Craxford just saying following up the victory he says he's looking forward to a nice Manchester City win today in spite of that in, in great walker um and let's see. That's, a little, that's a little bit later, and I've also got one eye on the the Woolwich game, who um, you mentioned, um, David um, Bournemouth, yes. are now two one up with what five yes. minutes
1: left. E-
3: five, yeah, yep, 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 yep. And there was a an Arsenal supporter actually in tears just now.
1: That was nice. <laughs> I was, <I've> seen it. <laughs> it yeah. was
3: enjoyable. I was I was in tears with him only for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um.
2: Now, before that wonderful goal, obviously Kane got a a, a, a couple um, adding to his tallies, leading goalscorer, twenty goals this, this season, and um, he broke another record. Uh, was it, was it ninety-eight Premier League goals, overtaking Teddy Sheringham. So that's a record for us um, in the Premier League, of course. Top top-flight football started long before the Premier League. Um, not really going to say much more about Kane because I think we've we've we've, we've sort of covered it in previous. Podcast quite, quite a bit. But the first goal, um Ming Song on the score sheet once again, that's what, five goals in five consecutive home games? Um, yes. Very impressive. Um, question from Karim Kronfili, um, who says People have been waiting for someone to provide penetration into the opposition territory. Upset Sonny, terror off the left wing. Discuss
3: yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't consider it that that's our answer to breaking down this this bus parking um it's but he does i do notice now that when he gets it out wide i mean he puts chalk on his heels gets it out wide foot on it he definitely attracts two defenders now so he's brought he's been brought to the attention of many coaches that he's doing a lot of damage um and if he does that that's when you start to, you know, bring it back into midfield. Then you've got a little more space in the middle. So he is doing damage in that respect, not directly sometimes, but indirectly as well. Um, but the, the, the bus parking with well, the way Man City do it, they've got someone like Silver who really does ping that threaded ball through defences. And that's just a little bit we're missing. We're not quite happening for us. I don't know why they're managing it. but we're not quite I mean we're looking at Ericsson for that but definitely Sonny I mean he's just so underrated at the moment by by so many people um and and the media maybe in fact they were talking a lot about it this morning um on Sky um on the press pass thing um they were talking about Son just what's his worth and we were discussing that last night that's right yeah and and they brought up a valuation of 70 million which I think was your valuation, wasn't
2: it? It was. It was. I think it was about that. But um, it's difficult. What do you? Given that Virgil van Dijk's gone to Liverpool for seventy-five million, and he's a defender, and uh, one which I rate less than Tongan, Toby, Sanchez, uh, Sun, surely got to, got to be worth a lot more. It, it, but, but how do you? I mean, Ian, if you were going to put a price on Sun. How would what what would you value him as? Not that we're about to sell him, hopefully.
1: Well, but well, hopefully not. But when you put it like that, with the Virgil Van Dyke thing, like the market's gone crazy, so it's it's really difficult to pin the price on anyone. If you're putting it with Van Dyke against that, then you're looking at what hundred and twenty. You know what I mean? He he scores goals, he makes goals, he can break teams down. That's his worth, like. Um, but it's really hard to judge with how the market has gone. Like.
2: I think yesterday he benefited from, from the fact that Davis and, I, and I'm a big fan of Davis. I think he's a, he's a good, solid player. Um, I think he's he's um, going forward. He's about he's a lot better than a lot of fans give him credit for. But yesterday I, I thought that he didn't venture forward as much. And I think that benefited um, Son in so far as if you, if you look at Aria on the right hand side, we had a lot of lot of moves in, involving him, and I'll, I'll come to him in, in, in a minute. But um, Ben Davis seemed to be playing a lot deeper, um, and that allowed Son to maybe a little to have a little bit little bit more freedom on the on the on the left hand side without having to worry to sort of track back and uh, and help help Davis. But yeah, yeah. he's um, He's just really—he's a special player, and um, we you know we talk about Kane, we talk about Daly, we talk about Ericsson but Son, uh, he, I don't think he gets the credit he, he deserves. I was reading a stat this morning—he scored eight Premier League goals this season. That's the same amount as Sanchez, and um, was it Lacazette? No, it was—it was more than three. It was more than, sorry, was more than San- Sanchez. It was the same amount as Hazus um, at Man City, but he's got more more assists. Um, there was a few others. I think he's got more more than Hazard um, as well at Chelsea. So that that's pretty impressive. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, the, the 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 best thing about Son is the fact that he just plays with a smile on his face, and he just wants to be there. He's 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 enthusiastic. You don't ever hear any bad stories about him, and he's just the ultimate professional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he's, he um, seems to be that third sort of player, all right. Someone who loves the game and, and uh, enjoys playing it. He always has a smile on his face. It's, it's nice to see. Like,
3: yeah. You know, he's got 40 goals in 117 appearances at Spurs. So that's slightly better slightly better than one in three mm. and Frank Lampard I quickly look at Frank Lampard he, he had at Chelsea at his peak 147 goals in 429 appearances so he actually at the moment outperforming Lampard and, and with Lampard you'd always say well he's your quintessential uh, midfielder that scores goals comes in and scores goals uh, and, and son is actually outperforming him yep. that's the value of son if, if you like statistically. <clears throat>
2: And and he's still quite young, and he's really... I mean, season on season, he he's, he's improving. Um, so it, it's only going to go one, one way. Um, question: Another question from John Steggles. What does Sonny need to do to get a song? Now, um, yesterday, I don't know if you heard it, David, but at one point they were singing the old Cyril Knowles so- song. Nice one, Son, nice one, Sonny, yes. let's have another one, which I, I quite like. I like that song anyway, um, and it's a shame that it's never been... <laughs> Um, reprise um, rehashed, used again, but um, I'd, I, I would quite like it if that catches catches on that has on, on the terraces.
3: It has to be. Yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? Absolutely has to be. Yeah, he's only 25, I was just looking, he's only 25. Um, 26 in July, Min <coughs> Son. So we got him pretty young, didn't we? Yep. I mean, another youngster. We've really, you know, got quite a future. Yeah.
1: And you'd imagine he's 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 yet to peak, you know. Yeah. There's more to come from him.
2: Yeah, so, you know. Boards well. It's amazing when when he was signed, and and for a large, well, I say large amount of money, not not so large now, but at the time it was what, I don't know twenty two, twenty three million for somebody that nobody had heard of, um, who was in his early twenties, um, who'd come from South Korea, and let's face it, a lot of our fans. Um, were you know talking about why have we signed a korean of all people and i don't know whether that's shades of xenophobia in that or just maybe not but just questioning the fact that you know how many asian players have come come into the premier league and and flourished um Park at United is probably one example but you can't think of too many others There were a lot of race, race eyebrows you know we, we didn't go and sign the marquee signing that everybody wants um, but credit to Pochettino he, he got it right
3: yeah yeah absolutely um, I think the value as you said 22 million about 30 million euros we bought him for mm. um, and at the time you're right I don't, don't think there's any xenophobia about it I, I think it's just simply well how many how, as you say how many top-notch players have come out of the Far East very few um, in Europe but this boy is is just one of the best he really is yeah
1: absolutely yeah he's superb he's a a great player
3: he gives
1: us a lot he adds a lot I would like I like that I wouldn't say it was xenophobia he obviously done well in the Bundesliga but I don't I wouldn't have taken much notice of what's going on in the Bundesliga but he obviously he he definitely impressed.
2: Yeah, he, as you said,
1: and Pochettino seen something in his play that he knew he wanted him.
2: Pre- proven pedigree, as you say, in the, in the Bundesliga, and and at one point after his first season, which which was blighted by um, injury early on, um, the story it's well documented where um, he he goes he'd been linked to a move back to Germany, and he went back and he said to Pochettino like Gaffer, um, you know. I don't see that I've got a future future at the club or something along those lines and know, said no we want to keep you and fight for your place and credit to him he's obviously shown the right attitude in in training Um, he's been given that opportunity and he's he's taken it with with, with both hands which is a lesson for everybody at Spurs really if they want to do well um, they've they've got got to show that Um, just finally just on Everton um, Uriah up until that goal which i think was i don't know 25 26 minutes whatever it was um i was a little bit frustrated by him because he was getting into lots of good positions on, on the right hand side and um, there's a few occasions where um we'd put him through or there'd be a one-two and his final ball was each time i saw it, it was poor and it wouldn't beat the first man until of course when he put some through and um, there was some debate whether that was a shot or a cross but uh that's neither here nor there um, some put it in, and, and, and that's that. But um, am I being slightly harsh on him? And, I, and I've, I've said this on previous podcasts as, as well. I think he's he's got all the attributes to be a good fullback. Um, I just think his final ball isn't quite there yet.
1: Yeah, and it, it was poor yesterday. It really was. It was frustrating, like you said, to watch because a lot of our moves seem to be coming out there on the right wing. Seemed to be targeting that he was getting forward. Well, he was getting the space. Well, um, then eventually, like by the time the time he scored, he had enough time to make a cup of tea for the ball he put in. He got so much space. Um, like you said, it's neither here nor there whether it was a cross or a shot. Hmm. It went where it went, and he we scored. Um, but he really he's, he does need to work on his final ball. It's just it was. It's other than that, he was getting into position well. He was holding the ball up well. He was doing everything well that he needed to do. It was just getting into that that final ball across. He was hitting the first man every time.
3: If I could just take a moment, please, just to have a, a bit of silence. Um, I'm afraid to uh, inform you that um, Arsenal have lost. I feel terrible. <laughs> I feel terrible. Oh dear. So that's
2: <laughs> they're what now five five points behind us. Yes. Um and possibly might lose Sanchez in this window as well.
3: well oh, they will do. he's already said that he is. Um he's he's on, on Rick uh, today. Um uh, Wenger just said yesterday he's not he's not with us, he's left home and we were very all confused about the whole thing, so that means he's off anyway. Um, back to Uriah. Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh by saying it's a terrible game. Um, I thought he was all right, but he was given a lot of space by Everton, I have to say, and he didn't use it well enough. A um, bit disappointing. Uh, he had a, a, some good chances to get some real quality balls in. Um, and as you say, Jeff, if he can approve on that, um, that will make him quite a fallback. But as a combat...
1: I, comba- I think a- in fairness... In fairness to him, um, I think he got into the positions well. He used the space well. I just didn't think yep. the, the last, the final ball was
3: what he's missing. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly you it. I know, say, even ball. Walker
1: Walker used to get a low hard ball across the box. That can cause a bit of problem. He uh, Aria is not making that. He's not even getting that far. He's hitting the first match.
3: Yeah. I did... You know? I did... I did think Trippier um, would have made more of some of those uh, uh, balls into the box. I really did. I oh, had the same touch, yeah.
2: yeah. It's a difficult one. I mean, I... we've got Everton next. Um...
3: No, you haven't got Southampton next. Sorry,
2: we've got Southampton next. Um, apologies. <laughs> um, we've got Southampton next um, a week today, Southampton away. Um, the last time we, we played them, we beat them comprehensively. Um, who do you start in the right-back? position for that one are or Trippier
3: I would I would start Trippier no doubt and I would just switch it again because you know much as you say well you get the crosses in it's not helping other teams when you, you change the full backs they're not quite sure what they're setting up for so it's really good to keep changing the full backs around I like mm. that I would start with Trippier Ian? Yeah
1: yeah I would start with Trippier as well absolutely for pretty much the same reasons and a better final ball hmm
2: I okay. think, um, yeah, I was assuming Rose is in the back. I, I'd start with Davis on on the left, and then I'm either or for the um, right back. And I think probably if you start Trippier, it won't do Aria any harm. It'll keep him, keep him on his toes. He knows he's got to play better if he wants to um, keep that position his week in, week out. And it also gives Trippier that chance to come in and you, know, you don't want to you want to keep all your players happy so um, it'll be good it'll be good for Tripp, Trippier to get to get a run out and I think against the lesser teams um, Trippier does seem to, seem to do well, he's got those you can get those balls in um, I think against some of the better teams for example when we play City Earlier this season, he's been caught out positionally a few times. Um, so, how do you see that game going? By the way, predictions.
3: I couldn't predict uh, anything else but a, a Spurs win, and, and that's my head, not my heart. I, I we'd all be, I'd say, disappointed—be an understatement—if we capitulated against Southampton. Um, I, I, I see us giving a lot of pressure, and I. I think they'll cave in and I think we'll put at least three past them. I really do. Mm. So I'm I'm going for a three and a three and a clean sheet.
1: That's a good shout, yeah. I can't see much past that myself. Um i have been fighting hard, but I don't think they're any match for us. Uh should be should be an easy ish victory. Okay
2: i'm going to be slightly more conservative in my prediction i'm going to go for a 2-0 um but that that'll do um the if we win that game um and i think it's one that you know on paper we should win i think mean, it's important we do because after that we've we've got a hard run in of league league matches um exactly. Uni- united at home end of jan then liverpool away and then arsenal at home so we need to, we need to get get a result there um, the other thing just going back to the table we're obviously said 5 points clear of Arsenal we're level at the moment with Liverpool both of us have 44 points but they play City um, later this afternoon and should they lose that even a 1-0 defeat would mean we would leap, leapfrog them into fourth on goal difference so hopefully City can get a result there although they haven't won um, I think they've only won once at Anfield since
1: 1981. That's uh That's a uh, it's a tough statistic, and I can't see them having an easy game today either. So it won't be. they won't cut through them. Again, again, them. It's hard to know. I can't see it, but they yeah. have been pretty unbeatable all year.
3: Yeah. No, I, I think Liverpool will give them a heck of a game today. Actually, mm. I think they'll go for him, and I, you know, I, I put them down for a draw today.
4: Well,
1: that's yeah, it. it could happen.
2: If they do draw that match, hypothetically, if they do draw, and I've heard that Van Dyke was was out for Liverpool, if they draw yeah. that, that won't change our position. Um, we'll still be fifth, but we'd only be a point behind Liverpool yeah. at that point. Whereas it is Chelsea dropped points yesterday. We're, we're three points behind them. Three points behind United with the game in hand. So, um, top four, top three. Dare I say, second? Oh, yeah, even it's, all, it's, it's still... all
3: there. It's a great shame Man City are running away with this. If they were down in the mix, we've got five, six teams you know that just mm. absolutely bunched up, and, and that's that's really good for the punter, isn't it? To to watch these games it's so tight, but Man City have rather spoiled it. It's not good for the Premier League for one team to dominate quite so hard. But other, other than that. Manchester United are coming back towards us Chelsea are coming back to us Um, and and Liverpool doing a little bit of that as well Mm. so um, it's all there for us and and as you say it's that next few fixtures um, after Southampton when we've got all that with Juventus in the middle as well yep tough it's going to be tough very tough
2: it's going to be tough but you know that's we we those are those are the games that those are the matches that we want to be involved in as a as a club Absolutely, and yeah. and um I'd rather be I look forward to those games and the challenge they they present um and the possibilities that that can unfold than to be you know where we were not so long ago in the early noughties or the 90s, for example, when we were just in mid-table. And I remember days when we'd look up at that table and we were thinking whether eighth, for example, would be enough or seventh would be enough for a European UEFA Cup or latterly Europa play. So we've moved on a lot since then. Um, Okay, in the second half of the podcast, we've got quite a few questions to get through. Um, But before we do that, here is Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies Update.
4: Hey, it's Bex to um, tell you what's been going on with the Spurs ladies. So another one of those days that I really don't want to record this because it's not been a very good day. Um, The girls played today uh, away. They played Millwall, Lionesses and lost 4-1, which is a tad disappointing. Um, We had lots of possession, lots of play, lots of pressing and yet still managed to concede four. So it's not good. However, there is always next week. Girls are still kind of mid-table-ish because of the way the other results have gone. Uh, it's not perfect, but it, it, it is what it is. So onwards and upwards, they don't play again until the 28th in the league. Uh, that's the game against Sheffield. That I think I talked about last week, so I clearly missed this week's game in future. Oh, anyway, sorry, people. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm doing a degree and it's kind of messing with my head at the moment. <laughs> So other news from the world of women's football is the news that Phil Neville is being considered for the England manager's job. I don't quite understand that. He has less qualifications than the current incumbent, who is a caretaker manager. Um, Mo Marley is one stuff. Phil Neville hasn't even managed in his own right. So we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. But again, it's seems the FA are doing what they do best, which is jobs for the boys. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, I shall not be talking next week stop all sighing with relief and um, I shall speak in a fortnight's time cheers thanks bye bye
2: welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast thank you Bex right uh, let's finish off with a few questions um, Darren Pamenta, um apologies if I mispronounced your name um, carrying on from last week's substitution conversation again maybe some odd changes I know Kane was on a hat trick um, but this was a great opportunity to give Lorente some minutes um, in the second half and why Sissoko and um, we've, we've got a few questions on, on Sissoko a bit, a bit later um, he seems to be uh a running subject each and every week um, anyway uh, Darren goes on to say at 3-0 I'd have done the following Lorente for Kane Wanyama for Dembele and then Lamella for either Eriksson Ali or Son and he just goes on to say great podcast listen every week keep up the good work thank you Darren um, substitutions I mean you can't we won the game four nil. You can't fault your substitutions, can you?
1: No. I I made. Uh, I had a look at this after I seen that question. I had a look, and it was Wanyama for Dyer, which is a like for like. He said, I think he suggested Wanyama Yama for uh, Dembele. Yep. Which is basically having two defensive <coughs> midfielders on the pitch when you're, well, were we three nil up at that stage? Mm-hmm. I think you're so it's pretty needless, I think. I wouldn't have made that substitution. So Wanyama for Dyer is pretty straightforward. Suzoko come on for Dembele. Yeah, and right. Lamele And Lamella come on for Ericsson. And the, the subs that we didn't use were Trippier, Walker-Peters, Lorente and Vorm. So the only one really there mm. out of the what's left on the bench, Trippier maybe comes on for Aurier or... I you can't take Kane off on a hat trick. I hate seeing a striker coming off on a hat trick. So I would if Laurenti was going to come on, he's going to come on for Son, and I don't think Son deserved to be taken off yesterday. Mm. So
2: yeah, I think with with yeah, Waniyama for Dem for, for die was a lot like for life, and it also gave Waniyama a few minutes on the pitch. Um, yeah, Dembélé um, he wasn't going to play the full nineteen, and he'd done the done the damage. So if you're gonna if you're gonna take him off who'd you bring on um, I'm afraid the only other sort of central midfield option was Musa Sissoko, Sissoko um, yeah. you could, I think you and I talked about this yesterday um, David, you could have made perhaps a case for bringing on Lamella earlier than, than 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 was brought on not that we needed to change the game at that point but just to give one of those other players I think was it Ericsson in the end that came off a rest and maybe yes. give Lamella a little bit of run out
3: yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wanted to see uh, Lamella come on earlier. I wanted to see him give him some time on the pitch. I, I think he's still a tremendous talent. He's like a new signing. But we need to give him game time, get into it. Um, and and yeah, I still saw yesterday... As a, I know we were, we were buzzing out there and Ericsson probably wouldn't have got his goal or something if we brought him on too early, Lamella for him. But even so, I'd love to have seen Lamella it's one thing we were talking about as Pacino is his substitutions and we were that's not to do with this week but in, in previous weeks I think he could have changed things a lot earlier uh, um, and, he, and he seems to not want to and and this we're all still wondering whether Sissoko has got something on Poch whether he's got some uh, incriminating photographs I think is what we were suggesting <laughs> somewhere along the line because uh, somewhere along the line he's, he's getting uh, more game time now I've been a Sissoko sort of support, sort of supporter I, I i he's a beast of a guy and he is fast but he does need a lot of grass in front of him to do it his control is pretty poor um but it, it it's it makes me scratch my head now I, i've seen him for long enough and i think someone said the stat was that sissoko's had um more game time than any other spurs player this season um which I, i'm a bit surprised about but uh, uh Recent times, the way we play does not suit Sissoko. That's the issue. Short, quick passing is not what Sissoko does. He wants that ball a few yards in front of him so he can gallop onto it. I understand when times have been brought him on as a physical presence in that midfield, and he is a big guy and he probably hurts people when he sort of steps in. But when it comes to that real incisive, we talk about bus breaking down, which was last uh, last week sissoko was not going to be that person he was now ne- all he was doing was sideways passing it was awful to watch um and i, and I could understand I, and i i now don't see a great future for sissoko mm. not the way we're playing i really don't
2: we had a little on yeah we had a few questions on sissoko your comments um ed brad coincidence that we seemed more fluid going forward without sissoko um, I think you sort of touched upon that. Yes, probably he's not the he's not a technically gifted player or one who can, um, he uh, uh, should we say intricate with his passing and can unlock defences or keep hold of the ball necessarily. Um, Kent Goodrich, how can I get Sissoko to to comp- compensate me for the remote I destroyed when I threw it at the television <laughs> after his fourth wi- widely misplaced pass? Um, and then. Paul Simon, love him or hate him, we keep hearing that Sissoko has played in more games this season. This you alluded to earlier than any other Spurs player. What are your thoughts on this, and how logically your weaker players will tend to play um, the easier cup games with with the youngsters, and also never get rested because they they are expendable. So this would tend to be the case. Surely our most played players should be our best players, not our most average ones. He's got a point because for for all that game time that he's had, surely he should be fresh and in tune and on the same wavelength as all the other players.
1: Yep, be a yeah, good go. Yeah, I agree. Like to a point, yeah, I agree. It's it's hard to say. What, like, I don't. He divides opinion like no other player in the team. and he does. He should be fresh and I just I don't think he adds anything. And with a fully fit Winks, a fully fit Wanyama, a fully fit Lamella, I don't see where he gets in. I don't see where he gets the minutes. Mm. I don't like he's not in our best eleven, he's not in our best fourteen, fifteen. You know, so
2: if Harry Winks had been fully fit would Sissoko have not made the bench
1: he, wouldn't, he definitely wouldn't have come on yesterday I think Winks would have got in ahead of him yesterday
2: yeah. um, ok question from Kent Goodrich, I think we sort of talked about this or to some degree um, has Serge replaced Trips in the right back pecking order I think we, we all said that probably Trips should start next week um, and we commented about Serge's delivery not being as good as Trippier is it too early to say he's he's replaced them?
3: Yeah, far too early. I I, I don't see that Ori and Trippy. I think they're neck and neck. I really do. Um, and as I said earlier, that I think they'll just uh, swap games with um, European games in mind. It'll be interesting if we come out of Europe, um, whether uh, one of them will will will, will know them perhaps uh, if one of them gets more game time. But at the moment, I think they'll swap, and it'd be interesting to see who plays in the Juventus game
2: mm-hmm. games. Yeah. If I was a betting man, I, I would think Uriah would probably start those European matches.
3: I would agree, because of his European experience. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Okay. Unless, unless Trippier starts going absolutely mad in games and actually seals down the spot in the next three <coughs> to four weeks, I can't see him start mm. ahead of him.
2: I've got a feeling that those matches that we're going to play in February... Those crunch Premier League ties against, um, well, Anderjan, United, Liverpool, Arsenal, and you've got Juventus away sandwiched in between that. Yeah. I've got a feeling Uriah will start most of those games, if you're going to a- yeah. ask me now. But it's it's not. It's still up, up, up for grabs. Nobody's staked a complete um, claim for it just yet. Um a couple of questions on Harry Kane. John Steggles just comments: Does Harry Kane have magic feet? And then Sam Diggins: Before Kane's breakout season, most Spurs fans would say he wasn't very good. Since then, he's broken a few records, scored a few hat tricks, and won a few Golden Boots. How was Harry? Or how has Harry Kane sold his soul to the devil?
3: <laughs> yeah, I. He, no, he doesn't have magic feet. In my opinion, it's not how I would explain him. Uh, um, if you watch someone like Messi, you're seeing an absolute magician. That ball is never more than six inches off his toe. One of my favourite players, Zinedine Zidane, was like a ballet dancer in the middle of the field with those turns, twists and turns, a Maradona turns. He it was, it was wonderful to watch. He's what I call magic feet. Kane, and that's the reason I think partly he's been underestimated when we first saw him. He's just an out-and-out centre-forward. You know, you see what he does. He gets hold of it. He bustles with people. He shrugs them off. Gets his shot away quickly. That's all, all very fine. Then you start to look at him statistically, and you realise, hang on a minute, he's scoring goal after goal. What's he doing? Well, what he's done, he's worked at his game. He's worked at being a striker. You can see. He has, you can see that he's been coached well and he's listened. And I bet he works very hard um, out in that training pitch more than sort of most in in getting his shots away early, finding corners, all those things. If you go back to Jimmy Greaves, I've said about him, he used to pass. he was tremendous. He was quick as Michael Owen, um, but he was a better finisher, far better. But his left foot was just guided it in. He used to pass it in the net. But, you know, don't ask Jimmy Greaves to head it in. He was never about for that. But Harry Kane's got the lot. When he gets hat tricks, he gets left foot, right foot, header. And that's no surprise because he's got a good left foot as well as a right, and he's got a great head on him. And he's got a great way of, of, of playing with his back to play, bringing people in. He's got it all there, but he just doesn't have that sparkle about him. He doesn't twist and turn like Zededeen Zidane or, or a Messi. That's not what he's about. But he's as valuable, well, he's valuable to us as a Messi but he's as valuable as Citadine Zidane you know, in his own way
1: yeah it's I wouldn't go as far to say he's magic now either but he is something special he is uh, it's it's very hard to pin down he works so so hard as you can see it it plays like he, he obviously works so so hard in training because it pays off for him on the pitch. I imagine he's the work he does on finishing mm. must be untold. Because he just does some serious damage. He's just—he's always in the right place. He works on that week in, week out. I imagine because he's just—he's so good.
2: It's just—it's hard work, perseverance, good attitude, um, and he's just self-determined. Um, you mentioned, you know. Ian, he gets in all the positions um, David you mentioned earlier about you know his ability to strike the ball quickly um, and those things and and have the greediness maybe so single-mindedness sometimes just to, just to shoot on goal I and mean, he's, he's I think he's got gets so many sh- shots in it shots it on target not all of them go in but um, eventually one or two will do um one side of his game that he's worked on this season um is his left foot now um Bradley, A- Bradley Allen who used to play for QPR um but he's off the the Allen dynasty yes, the Clive yeah the clan Clive Allen Paul Allen Les Allen um there's also Martin Allen who, was, who didn't have any I don't think yeah. had any association with us but he played for um Wet Spam um Bradley's a um he's an academy academy coach at, at Spurs and he, I think mean, he's currently teaching the under 15s but uh, he, I think previously when Kane was obviously a lot, lot younger worked with him and not so long ago I think last season towards the end of last season or before the beginning of this one thing that he pointed out to Kane was look you you've got a left foot you should use it more you should use it uh, more often because quite often the ball comes to you and you cut in, in and yeah, shift in and, and, and take a sh- sh- shot with, with the right, and by which time the defender's been able to adjust and, and so forth. And, and it's not as if you can't shoot with your left foot. And if you look at actually this season, um, his hat trick against Applewell, his hat trick against Southampton, um, left footed, there was a left foot strike in, in in those games. Um, moreover, that goal he scored against um, Puddersfield, where the ball came to him and he's back to face the goal, he turned, beat a few defenders, and then just it was almost Baylesque his finish with his left foot. Um, yeah. These are things which perhaps he wasn't doing last season, but now he's starting to, to, to do, and that, that all, all increased um, the percentage of um, goals that he'll get over the course of the season. Mm.
3: I'd like to add one thing to that, is that Harry Kane, and I'm going to bring Son into this, both of them defend. Both of them chase the ball down. Yep. There aren't too many strikers that do that. I was say about Jimmy Greaves wouldn't have done it, that's for sure. But Aguero doesn't do it. Mm. You know, these are top players and I don't think Lacazette does it much. But Harry does, he, he will still chase around. You can see him up front there, chasing him to Everton yesterday. They were chasing down. And Son particularly. In fact, he ended up backing left back a few times. It's very, um, you know, it's
1: very much Pochettino's philosophy, uh, <laughs> defending yep. him from the front.
3: And, and, they, and they do it. And, they and have to do it, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. they it, it don't have to, but. It, it, well, they do have to, but I, I sense they want to. I really yeah. do. It's part of, yeah, they enjoy
1: doing it. It's part of the game. They yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Um, another question from John Steggles Will we sign anybody in the window, Ian?
3: No, I don't think so.
2: Okay. David?
3: Uh, I think we will, um, but I think it'll be somebody again you don't know. I think it'll be a, a youngster again and, and it will appear from somewhere. I, I'm sure this idea that we, we, we just close up the shutters and, and we're not signing anybody um, doesn't doesn't fit with my, my theory. I think we look for a bargain at this stage and if, if if we put a silly bid in and it's not accepted, we wait for a club maybe who's got a good player who, who might accept a bid for whatever reason and they'll put a silly bid in and, and, and sometimes we get mm-hmm. them. Um, so I, and I think we might get one, but it, it won't be any... Big signing. It would certainly won't be a marquee signing. Um but I wouldn't surprise me to see some younger player come in. Um it might be Fulham's Ryan Cessignor. And that's if it is, that means Rose is off. But um that's the only one I, I, I suspect we may go for.
2: Well I think that we've got what, two and a half weeks left of the transfer window. I can't see anything happening this week, partly because um the boys are out in Barcelona for their January um well, their annual it seems now. Mid get away um, get away well, well it's
1: training uh, yeah I was
2: going to say it's a break but it's not really there is some downtime but there, but but there is some light, light training involved um, I think I think they go to Espanol Stadium I can't see a great deal happening this week maybe the week after or maybe the, right at the very end and I'm inclined to agree with you David that if we if they do sign anybody it will be um, assessor, 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 Ryan Cess the lad at Fulham. Cool. Yeah, I, yes. the lad at Fulham, and we'll probably loan him back. We'll, we'll do a dally alley. I, I can't, yeah, you know, I don't foresee anything big happening. Just talking of, there's been some talk this week um, about contracts and players signing contract extensions, and the one that keeps coming up is Aldo Verald. Um The latest I heard was earlier this week there was a rumour that he had signed a new contract. Then Yeah, I'd heard that. Then it was, he's he's in talks and it's going to be later in the month or something. And now the latest, the Times reporting that um, he'd rejected the latest contract offer. Kent Goodrich says, is that, is that anything to worry about?
3: It will be. Sorry to worry about it. if he has rejected it. <laughs> it keeps, that's always yeah, a worry. Keeps
1: going on, yeah, it's going to be a big worry. Mm. But, it, like, he needs to be paid what he's worth.
4: Uh, if that's
1: the problem, if that's what's holding it up, then that needs to be sorted out quickly. But I'd, like, I'd, if it does come out that he did, if it is true that he did reject the contract, that is a worry. But, but if, like you said, you've had three different rumours there yeah. in the space of 13 seconds. Do you know what I mean? So I,
2: I think it's the fact that we've got, as you said, three different, different rumours. I, I, I take them all with a pinch of salt. I think mm. it's fair to say that probably, almost certainly, there are contract talks. I'd say that he's... Pr- almost no doubt trying to negotiate the best deal for himself why not this is probably going to be he's at a crossroads he, he, this will be the, his next contract whether that's with, with us or whether that's elsewhere will be his last probably big contract he's in his he late said. 20s so um, he's, he's got to decide does he want to play elsewhere does he want to play at Spurs? I think he probably wants to play at Spurs, but he—I don't think it's just about money. I think he, other things will, will come into it. You know, who, who we sign, are we progressing as a club? We know that we are progressing with a stadium, but I think trophies, I think other signings, and I think yeah, not just, not just increasing your wages, but showing that you're going to do that across the board and showing that that's where you're heading as a club. I think all of these are important things. So I think he's—he's he's, no doubt negotiating the, be- the best deal and um, we were in a similar situation last season beginning of last season with, with Ericsson. Um and there was talk of he had rejected a contract and eventually he, he signed one um, you've got to go even further back with, with Jan Watongan his contract was, was was running out and he, he signed an extension so I'm not too worried not too worried and
3: my, it, my, my, my opinion is that he, he runs out in the summer of uh, two thousand and nineteen the contract he 's on about reported fifty thousand and they're talking he 's talking about doubling it and I think Spurs will i, I think they 're going to make a statement because I think man City will go for him and i think they 'll offer him a-, a fortune but I think spur's going to try and head him off mm-hmm. um, and double his wages i, I think that 's what will happen and I think with- it's with the added money coming in next season from the new stadium and I think they 're going to um, go on the back of that I think they can now Spurs
1: th- yeah let's hope so yeah
3: okay
2: final question um, another one from Karim Cronfilly. he says there are so many calls and media pressure for Spurs to buy some big name signings would that endanger the philosophy and the academy pipeline if Spurs stop giving the youngsters time to develop for example, Josh Onomar getting stuck at Aston Villa. Maybe at Carter Vickers, you could argue, maybe at Sheffield United. Maybe our Dembele success, successor in the Wings.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, all I can remember, if I go back all the years, and I remember Steve Perriman making his debut, and then John Pratt making his debut, going back years. And that was sort of, oh, a couple of youngsters. Spurs didn't bring that many youngsters through at times there's only one or two every couple of seasons yeah. and I don't think we're actually that far away from that now we've seen Harry Winks come through um, we've got Kane on there which are homegrown players I, I don't think it'll upset that balance and even so if we have any ambitions unfortunately and we have to battle for the, the title we do have to buy um, as I say, it's, it's looking for for Miss Wright you know, right now, not Miss Wright. Um, we can't be waiting sometimes for the youngsters to come through. We have to go and get that target. At some stage, yeah. we will go out and get a marquee signing if we have any ambitions to win the Premier League and, and be battling at the top. So it's, it's it's what we'll have to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I can't see us progressing much further than we are now without doing it. We need, like, that one player to push us on to putting pressure on rather than we need to be winning things now. You know, um, who that is now is a different question altogether, but we really do, it'll be a massive statement of intent as well. Yeah. You know. It would be a huge statement of intent if we brought in that marquee player, someone huge, a proven winner somewhere else, maybe you know, Mm. someone that who's fallen down the pecking order in Barcelona or Madrid or something like that, but has won and has done it all, and yeah, you know, can add something to our team.
2: There's a there's a player at Madrid who's who's won a few trophies. Um, He's he's in his (laughs) late late twenties um he's got experience of pre- playing in the premier league um he, uh, what i would what i would give to to have gareth bale back at, back at spurs um he would add
1: something absolutely yeah
2: and do you know he what would. I, I would take him even even with all the injuries and the fact that he he doesn't play as often as uh yeah why not why not i i'd take he's, him he's back
3: only, he's only 28 yeah it's not that bad, but it's, it's all to do with wages, isn't it? I mean, I, who, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine him. Oh, I could imagine him coming back to Spurs and saying, "Yep, yeah, you know, whatever." It, it's I've done my time at, at Madrid. I've had a great time. I time to come home now, and I could see him considering Spurs. But I just I can't see him saying, "You know what? I'm for my three hundred thousand a week. I'm going to get paid a what hundred twenty thousand? You know, cut two thirds almost off his salary. I can't see him doing it very easily. Especially if Manchester United turn around and say, "Or Man City say, we'll pay that," because mm. yeah. they would.
1: I think f- it's hard to. It's hard to see him coming back. But if it's true about his contract when we sold him, we have first refusal on him.
3: Oh, I think we have.
1: So that would that could be interesting if the chance come up.
2: Yeah. I would, I would take. Um, I, I know that a lot of fans, Spurs fans, are not big fans of him after he left. But I would take not only Bale back if, if that was a if that was an option, but also Luka Modric.
1: Modric as well. I'd take Modric. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I'd take both of them back. And, and
2: personally, yeah. I've, I had no issues with with Modric. I had issues with Modric the previous summer when he was linked with Chelsea. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: but we managed to leave him. Douglas Nelson and and managed to um,
1: fight that off. Fight that off, yeah. yeah.
2: And we managed to keep him hold, keep hold of him for for another year, and and then he went to Real Madrid. And to be honest, I don't begrudge a a player leaving for Real Madrid because they are a big club. And if you look at what Modric, and then late late late, late, season after that when Bale signed, what they've won when they've been there in a sense it vindicates their, their decision to leave yeah, um, yeah, yeah and they've got no allegiances to us they don't have they haven't come through the academy they're not spurs supporters they did their time at spurs and they've gone on and, and won stuff but i i would take both of them back um
1: the experience they bring is massive yeah the yeah. team they left is a different team to what they'll be coming back to.
2: And I don't think they would. I actually don't believe that either of them have particularly big big egos in the way that, say, as know, Ronaldo oh. or or, or um, Sa- Sanchez. We we talked about earlier at Arsenal have, for example. And I think both of them would actually help the young academy players um, in the pipeline. There's there's a lot that dare I say even somebody who's who's broken through like Harry Winks, for example, could learn from playing with those players.
1: Yeah. That I I read I read did I read a line somewhere earlier today where Son said Kane is younger than him, but he's still learning from him. Which is if it's true, if it's a true quote, it's very it's very telling. You know what I mean? That you can still learn from people, the players around you, even if they're younger players. Like, do you know what I mean? Or older players, or whatever. You're, there's still a lot to be learned. Absolutely. On the training pitch and from watching players and playing with players, and I think if Bale or Modric came back. The experience of winning trophies, of playing with the best players in the world, of playing in the biggest occasions in football—they're just, do you know what I mean. They can pass all that on. They can bring it in with them. They know what it is to win trophies, to be in that big moment. Do you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It could it, it be—it could be vital experience, really. Like, do you know what I mean? We have a young squad.
2: Yeah, they would. They would for me be. It's just the wages. That's that's the stumbling yeah. block. But um, the
1: problem, yeah, problem you, with Bale. Someone like Bale coming back in and earning two hundred and fifty grand a week is you have to give that to Harry Kane then as well. You know, um, you have to like you have to match it.
2: Well, I think I think the the the, the Toby, not just the Toby, but also I mean, there's talk of Kane getting a, a new contract. I think how far we believe he's prepared to improve those players' con- contracts um, will be a good indicator of where we are next season once we move into yeah, the yeah. N- new stadium so, in, yeah. in terms of yeah. signing, shall we say, higher-profile players. Um, right. Next podcast will be a week today. We'll be recording pretty much straight after or maybe half an hour after after the Southampton game. Um, all that's left to say is thank you, David.
3: Oh, thank- Thank you very much. Thank have you. Have a good week.
2: Thank you, Ian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, guys. Great <laughs> to you uh, t-
2: And until then, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen.
4: Put on that lily white and run
0: <laughs> on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal! Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that leeway and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the name's up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the